Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, in 1665, the bubonic plague hit England, killing an estimated 100,000 people, which was essentially a quarter of London's population in only 18 months. Now, we were just to kind of do that same proportion here to this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, that would be something like 82 million people dying in America. So this was an absolutely devastating plague to the people of London. Now, of course, there were pastors and churches serving at that time. Thomas Brooks, an English Puritan in particular, he wrote a treatise called A Heavenly Cordial, which contains a very rich theology on how to think biblically about plagues, which, brothers, I actually find very helpful. Have either one of you lived through a plague before? No, I'm not quite old enough. I'm not sure on Jonathan or Phil, but... (laughs) Oh, dinger. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so so it's safe to say that none of us uh, have experienced something like this before, and so uh, writ, you know, dipping back into the past is one of the reasons why uh, it's such a blessing to have church history and church theology from the past that God has blessed us with. So let's we've looked at Thomas Brooks several of these maxims so far. Uh, one, two, and three dealt with God's sovereignty over um, where the plague hits and to which people it hits. I mean, that he's the one that sends it. Maxim four, we looked at yesterday how uh, no man can know God's love or hatred by the way that God deals with him outwardly. So this morning we're looking at maxim number five, which is this, that the Lord sometimes takes away his dearest people by some judgment in order to deliver them from greater judgments that he intends to bring upon the earth. Uh, is there is there a biblical foundation underneath that? There is. Um, can I just do a, a personal um, example that might help just clarify what we're talking about? Absolutely. And then, then move back into the biblical aspect of it. Uh, my wife's grandpa, um, when he was in his mid-80s, had a surgery was going in for a surgery and it wasn't supposed to be a real um, big deal. Um, but at the end of the day, um, he threw a blood clot and ended up um, dying as a result of that, of that surgery. So otherwise he was um, quite a healthy individual, um, a godly man, served faithfully as an elder in his church um, for years and years and years. Um, but it's interesting that that happened and you kind of left going, wow, I didn't see that coming. It, it just seemed like such a, uh, not only unexpected, but, you know, you, you kind of ask the question, well, why, what, why would God do something like this? 
But it's interesting that he loved the church so much that it was shortly after that, that the church split. Um, and there was so much heartache in what was going on. And his wife ended up with um, dementia shortly after that as well. And so his death, though um, terribly sad, spared him from these other um, very deep sorrows that for him would have been devastating. Mm -hmm. um, both of them would have been devastating, but together would have been overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so it's this, this maxim that some, the Lord sometimes takes away his dearest people to deliver them from something greater. Um, so that's just an, an earthly example, I think, of what, what Brooks is, is talking about. There's, I think Brooks actually referred to Second Chronicles chapter 34, verses 27-28, where God is speaking, and he says, Because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and its inhabitants, and you've humbled yourself before me and have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you will be gathered to your grave in peace and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place and its inhabitants. So there is that, you know, there is that in scripture. So, you know, we can't know that uh, for certain that that's how it's working out in our own life. But we also but we know that that is a way in which he uh, does his work. There are people we can only we can only see those things like the, the the incident that Russ is telling us in retrospect. We can't see it in advance. We can say, "Oh, this person was saved that heartache from seeing those things." We don't know that, but we do know that God operates in that way. Yeah, that uh, was that was King Josiah that you were mentioning, right? Right, right. That's King Josiah in chapter thirty-four of uh, of uh, Second Chronicles. And so, so uh, because of Josiah, jo Josiah was one of those godly kings, and uh, as a result, in uh, his own in his own penitence, and his own humbleness, and his own tenderness before the Lord, the Lord delivered him from from those things. Um, you know, he, you know, he's he's walked with God, and so he's been uh, taken from that. There are also, you know, by the same token, we we do want to acknowledge there are some godly people who've suffered great sorrows too and uh, we know that you know christ is sufficient for whatever we go through he is our sufficiency in all things whether we, we're going through that uh, terrible circumstances we have we have someone that we can lean on we can lean on uh, the lord jesus christ who sticks closer to us than a brother so it's you know it is a, you know, it is a maxim that sometimes he does these things. You know, why didn't they go through it? Well, perhaps God is saving them from some harsh reality yeah. that um, that might have come upon them otherwise. Yeah. Well, this is, I think, where it's good to keep these maxims together. I think this brings us back to the, to really the first ones, uh, where it deals with God's sovereignty. That mm -hmm. we have to say, well, we don't know why God sometimes spares some people greater sorrows later on and while why sometimes he he allows people to go through some i mean there's some people we all know that have gone through just blow after blow after blow and and we look at it from the outside and we say god haven't they experienced enough yeah um and that's where we have to step back and and say no no god is sovereign god is wise 
God understands more than what we know, and um, we have to yield to him being God. That's right. There's a scripture in Isaiah 57 uh, that says, uh, the righteous man perishes and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. Um, so, yeah, yeah, brothers, I, I totally agree with you. Um, obviously, we don't know what God is doing in, in every circumstance. That's that's an understatement. But what Brooks is pointing out here is that oftentimes when he takes away the righteous in days of calamity, it's actually a mercy uh, and it's an expression of his love as opposed to anything else that's happening. OK, let's hit the next maxim before we run out of time. Um, again, if you're joining us just now, we are looking at a treatise that was written in 1665 by the Puritan Thomas Brooks, writing it during the great bubonic plague in London that killed over 100,000 people. So he had a rich theology about dealing with uh, how the Lord um, often operates in a plague. And he's getting all these from, from essentially principles from scripture. So this is maxim number, what are we on, six? Six. Yeah, maxim number six, which is this, is none of God's judgments, that is those things he sends on the earth, none of God's judgments can ever make any change in his affections and love for his people. So brothers, let's just paint a picture here. Uh, there are going to be lots of Christians that are going to die from this, this uh, coronavirus. There's going to be lots of people who are separated from their husbands, lots of people who are separated from their wives, lots of Christians separated from their children and from their parents. Um, and that's going to be devastating to many of them. But this maxim says that none of these judgments can ever make any change in his affections or love for his people. Why is that important? Well, I think, well, I think that one of the things that happens is oftentimes when uh, some some misery happens we often are the first one to cry out why me lord why why this and i think that the lord is um reassuring us of his love and his care for us in these things um we 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 are not ever we are not always given the answer to why but we are given the answer of the lord loves us and will not forsake us um the psalmist psalm 89 uh the Lord is dealing with uh, with David and is and he says, I will not remove my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I won't violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. You know, he, he says once for all, I have sworn by my holiness. I will not lie to David. He 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 says, as long as the sun is in the sky, that's my faithful witness that I'm going to keep my promises. Yeah. And I think we need to understand uh, those things that uh, our circumstances oftentimes color how we see things, but it is God's revealed word that actually tells us how we ought to understand things. I think it's so important that we remember God did not set his affection on us because we had, had merited that. Right. He loves us because he loves us. Um. And the love that he has, the, what Jonathan just quoted from Psalm 89, is a steadfast love, a love based upon his covenant, his oath, his commitment. Loyal. And that's unchanging. 
It's a loyal, everlasting love that's unchangeable. So yes, there are times that God disciplines us because of sin in our life, but that doesn't change the extent of his love for us. Mm-hmm. Um, if after we sin, we, we, we think, well, God loves me less because I sinned, then at that point, we're revealing that we really don't truly understand God's love. That somehow we think we're earning it or meriting it. The love of God is because of the character of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know how much he loves us because he was willing to send his son in order to redeem us. And I think that's the great truth of Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Throw COVID-19 in there. And even our sin, that passage, Jonathan, that you quoted from Psalm 89, he says, even when your offspring sin against me, I will not break my covenant. So Mm -hmm. it's easy to, to, it's easy perhaps for some Christians to say, oh yeah, no circumstances can separate me from the love of God. But then it's easy for, for us often to say, but maybe my sin can, maybe, maybe nothing else can, but my own betrayal. And that Psalm there is so precious because it gives us the worst uh, kind of treachery on our part that we can commit, namely sin. And he says, even in that instance, I will not abandon my covenant. Right. And, and we, and we do know that the Bible says the, those that the Lord loves, he disciplines. And so sometimes we can understand some of the things, even as, as discipline to us. He, he says, for a brief moment, I, I hide my face from you, but with everlasting love, I have compassion on you. So which, which, trumps, which, which trumps the brief moment, the everlasting love of, of God? That's right. And I'm hoping well, that during these times, people are resting in God's faithful love for them. Amen. Amen. We've well, listened to Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time. Bye bye.